Rescue the Fosters is about changing the foster system. We want to ensure every child has a safe environment to grow and become healthy, successful adults. Additionally, when I was in the foster care system, I had to defend for myself. Rescue the Foster is here to empower the youth aging out of the system and offer resources to ensure they are not dependent on the government. What we observed was that children become institutionalized and end up in prison and providing the government with more funds. Rescue the Foster will provide coaching, resume writing, interview skills, professional attire for interviews, budgeting, applying for college, and obtaining housing. We want these youth to live the most free, successful life possible. It is their right and our responsibility to ensure that our future kids and grandchildren can live happy lives. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Good evening and welcome to Rescue the Fosters. I am Gino, your host, and next to me, as always, is the co-founder and co-host of Rescue the Fosters, Miss Sylvia Beachy. Sylvia, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Gino. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pretty good day for me personally. I've been going through some warfare of myself, no pun intended for what's coming on our show tonight, but uh, it's been a rough year for me personally, but I had some good news today, so hopefully things are starting to be on the mend and the up and up. Uh, all glory to God, of course. So without further ado, Sylvia, can you introduce our guest tonight? I would love to introduce our guest. So our guest is Christina Garcia. She is the founder of Daughters of Warfare. And I met Christina at uh, the Warrior Bride Ministry event uh, in Marietta just a few weeks ago. Um, and just hearing her speak, um, I, I had to get in touch with her. And I can't wait for everyone to hear her testimony and her experience with the foster system. Absolutely. Super excited about this. Uh, Christina has, wears many hats in this ministry, by the way. I was reading through your bio. I was exhausted. I had to like take a break before I finished it. <laughs> so, uh, you actually are muted, Christina. So if you can go ahead and unmute, there you go. Yes, no, yes, it's true. It's all true what you're saying. Some people ask me like, how are you doing this? Um, it's all through the spirit and power and authority of God. Cause yeah, there's no way it would be possible. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, we'd like to just start at the beginning, let our audience know who's Christina Garcia. How did you get into ministry? Um, you might even want to give your testimony of how you got saved. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Thank you for having me on here. This is really exciting. Um, I was sharing with Gino that I um, and Sylvia that this is a piece and a part of my story that I don't share often. So I feel like now is definitely the time. A lot of people see me working in ministry or work with me behind the scenes in ministry, but they have no idea the experience that I had working in the system, working with juvenile hall, CPS, um, you know, shelters. So over 20 years um, working in that field. And it's heavy, it's weighty, and I have some stories that I can share. Um, so before, um, so let's just start at 25 where I got saved. I grew up in a, in this, 
kind of similar to the system, um, not foster system, but really government system. So we're like this generational line of being in, you know, in the welfare system and every type of system you can think of, or cousins in and out of jail, things like that, domestic violence, just high crisis, um, high traumas. And uh, we didn't grow up with God or Christ or anything to do with Jesus or the Bible. And I actually, even though my name is Christina with Christ in it, I was very anti-Christ, anti-Jesus, anti-God, anti-Christian. Like, don't talk to me about anything Christianity or Jesus, because from my perspective and my view is the Christians have no power. They have no authority. Um, they sit in a building and there's people doing horrific things, pastors doing horrific things to kids. And I didn't understand. So I was like, why would I want that? So I was very against it. Um, at 25, I got saved and had a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it was tangible. It was an overwhelming presence and love of God that I've never experienced in my life. Um, and it changed me, it wrecked me, but I got bored with church, typical, since that's how I felt. Um, I'm like, there has to be more. There has to be more to this gospel. There has to be more to the Holy Spirit and to power and authority and healing and transforming um, people in the church first. Because, you know, what good can we do into our community and our regions and our state and the nations if inside within us is so broken and so damaged? So my ministry isn't really geared towards the law, so to speak. It's more towards the saved, those who are saved, those who are broken, those who have been battle weary, intense warfare or on the front lines with their different roles, you know, in the marketplace or government. Um, so that tends to be the specialty of where God leads me. Um, so I don't want to be all over the place. So please interject at any time. <laughs> um, but the, the spirituality piece of it was God literally opened the biggest door when I got saved to work um, hand, face to face, hand to hand, like with high profile criminals. And I was about 25. And I'm like, Lord, <laughs> you saved me. <laughs> you just threw me in the lion's den. I mean, working with rapists, working with murderers, working with women that, you know, drown their babies in the bathtub. Um, I was given a high profile uh, cult case. And mind you, you know, not having Christ before, I was always drawn to understanding the paranormal, understanding why someone would do something like Columbine. Um, I, you know, I would research like the history of the land and it's like God designs these things within us, even though if we're not really understanding, you know, what our call is or what the piece is to that. And so I was always drawn to watching murder mysteries and like cult cases. Mm -hmm. And that was before Christ. And then it's like, okay, Christina, you're saved. Here you go. I'm sending you out. And I was telling um, Sylvia that the cases that I had access to where we can see like the police reports, we can see um, I mean, everything, we had access to everything and all the information, the clinical reports, everything. And there was this common theme and, and the, the caseloads, I mean, they were like big, big, huge, huge folders. And every, there was this running theme of Christianity and Jesus and scriptures embedded and twisted in every single crime. And I'm like, there is something to this. Why? why why are these people having these manic episodes committing the worst crimes ever sometimes i would have to take a step back 
because it was so heavy, like kids are involved, children are being murdered, horrific things. And it's so heavy to digest that type of information. I was 25, freshly saved. Um, and just understanding more of the, not just the natural, but that how much we lack understanding the spiritual. And we're trying to treat something that has nothing to do with the natural as much as it does with the generational iniquity and the bloodline. And, and it goes beyond that. And so that whole, I mean, it was like 20 years. So working in crisis intervention, working in juvenile hall, but seeing how corrupt the system was, you know, having access and working along really corrupt police officers, um, corrupt judges, judges that were like Freemasons, corrupt DA, um, the DA doing under, you know, table handshakes with um, gang members and sharing information that shouldn't be shared. I mean, just the whole nine, like I was able to have access to see a lot of things. And especially in mental health, working an inpatient, it grieved me because I would um, have like pastors come in and bring their children and I'd have to house or room their child who's like going through some demonic manifestations in a room with a prostitute. And I'm like, I, I, I was so disturbed. I'm like, I don't like this. Why, where, where's the church? Where's the Christians? Where's, you know, why is no one, why is there not a safe place for these people to get healing or deliverance? And that was before I learned about deliverance and spiritual warfare. So just to kind of keep you tracking with me, it's like piece by piece, he started to show me. And so even pulling me back, um, you know, pulling us back in this conversation and testimony now, it's like, I would like to be a part of that. I would like to see where there's trauma, spiritual healing centers. I would like to see where people are educated on religious crimes. And I think there's a church down in California that actually works with the police department. So when they get these supernatural, paranormal, religious crimes, they work with these pastors and intercessors. I would like to see more of that. I think it's very important, especially the time and days that we're living in today. Um, so if you guys want to interject, I'll, I'll be bouncing around, but that's, that's um, just a gist of how, you know, slowly but surely he's been taking me into spiritual warfare and understanding spiritual warfare. Um, so I did get to see not only working in that field and literally like sometimes taking clients to go get their shots and things like that, or to see a doctor, when you walk behind the scenes of the inpatient of mental health, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's Satan's playground. And someone once told me, Christina, make sure you anoint your head, your hand, your feet. You are in Satan's playground. Like I've had people talk to me where was their demon talking and just understanding how dark it is. Um, even recently, I worked with a correction officer and, um, you know, just the things and the attacks that they go through. And so that's my heart is to work with first responders, to work with, you know, leadership teams, to work with. Um, governmental people, because yes, people are sent to astral project into their houses to kill them, to destroy them, to cause chaos, to strip them of, of all their humanity. And so they, I feel like where we're going, and that's something where the Lord said, you know, global um, spiritual warfare kingdom consultant, because there's going to need, there's going to uh, be a, such a need and an urgency for like this layered protection, right? And, and that's on all fronts. I mean, even for Sylvia, for us, and it's not that we're moving in fear. There is no fear in love, but, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. So we have to be bold and courageous, um, but at the same time, wise. And I think that's where we're at, is that we have to be 
moving in strategy and moving in the wisdom of God and the understanding and the anointing and power of God and um, the baby farms. I mean, that's taking it to a whole nother place. So I don't know if you want me to start talking about that, but well, as far as I, I actually want you to start talking about the foster system first and then yeah. go into that. Like okay. what position did you have? Like what position did you start in yeah. in the foster system? So, so I started um, with a children's center, you know, and that was really hard because I'm like, where do they vet and screen and get these people? Um, because a lot of them just were not qualified. I even stated that working in a foster group home that... Um, I didn't even want to, and I probably could have got in trouble for it, but there was a foster mom that came to visit the child and she was just rude and just, I mean, there was just so much heaviness and darkness that I'm like, I don't even want to release you. I don't even feel it's safe for this child to be put into your you know, custody to leave with you. Um, and just understanding how corrupt the system is, how these kids are kind of just like prostituted out in a sense um, to whoever and just re-traumatized and re-fragmented. And um, there was a lot, just a lot of things that were so unhealthy. And I've always felt, and I've always believed when I'm working in the system and working with the kids, I mean, there's times where I wanted to bring the kids home and yeah. I know you can't do that. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. I can just take you home with me. And, you know, just, I loved the girls so much. And a lot of them dealt with so much trauma. And I think like in 2023, we're not even where we need to be regarding trauma. And then spiritually, if you add in, oh, well, my dad, you know, performed Santeria and, you know, that my grandpa's, you know, um, a warlock or, you know, and, and then you add those pieces and facets to it. No wonder why they're tormented. No wonder why they have sleep paralysis, you know, and even the church is having a hard time understanding that. So I've been rejected um, being used in the church to where it's like, we don't, let's not, that's too much, Christina, like, you know, we won't let you do that. We don't want to make people afraid. And so it was always really hard for me to be available for people in a system way of church, which I really struggle with because I can't sit under that. I can sit under kingdom and government and ecclesia, but I cannot sit under church. Like I don't want another pizza party. I don't want to wear a hat and do a tea party. <laughs> like, I'm just right. like, I'm ready for war. Like, let's go, let's do this because our city's looking a hot mess. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. We're on the same page. Trust me. Yeah. The, okay, the church I'd started attending about six months ago, resting place. Uh, me and the pastor were on the same, I had him on the show and then I said, okay, this is my new place where I'm going. Like it, we connected immediately. It's all about pioneering. It's doing different yes. things differently. No, no more like, you know, not that tradition is bad, but tradition becomes the, the crux of the, of the service. And when that happens, it becomes just religion and right. you know, the Holy Spirit's not there. He doesn't move. So, um, I, I feel that ex exact same sentiment you have. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So we're amongst good company here and whoever's watching. Hello. <laughs> yes. So, okay. I'm not yeah. sure. If I'm uh, sure. And Go so ahead, after Sylvia. the children's home in the children's home, were you uh, just like a staff? So that, like uh, a peer support counselor. Um, and I was actually going to school to get 
you know, my LCSW and become a licensed clinical social worker. And we, I also worked in wraparound services where we kind of were like the person bridging the gap between the parent or the foster parent and between like if they were in trouble with juvenile hall or their probation officer or CPS. So some cases were court mandated. I'll never forget there was a CPS court mandated case that I had. And there was three of us assigned to this child. And um, I was walking up to the door and the grandma's like, get the F off my property <laughs> and she was just like wow like I was like okay um but we ended up getting really close at the end of it and so you know it's just that generational trauma and that generational pain and suffering and just the need of love and you know you don't have to like beat people over the head with the bible and I don't even need to say a scripture to them you know I can just love on them and be present and listen um, and so I worked with a lot of interesting cases when I did the wraparound services and even there was a religious case where the girl was clearly manifesting she kept taking off to jump off a bridge they would do the 5150 and it was just like this vicious cycle and they would take yeah. her to church and try to do deliverance on her and that's another thing I feel like there's so much room to grow and be educated and to you know humble ourselves and say we don't have it all figured out but we would like to understand how God would like us to be moving or functioning in healing and deliverance and how it's so far above and beyond what this basic you know, thing is that we see with deliverance and understanding you can't go against the will of a person. So a lot of people are like, well, this person needs deliverance. And I actually got a little bit religious when I started learning about deliverance too. And I'm like, everybody needs to get their demons cast out. Like, come on, let's go. <laughs> but not everybody is ready to do that, you know, and you go against their will. And now you're operating in witchcraft and control because you're going against their will. So learning things the wrong way, the hard way, but that's kind of what pioneering is. You fail forward, you keep going, and we are building. I feel like even though we see the turmoil and the chaos, you know, in the world and in America and with the nations, I feel like God's raising up an army, a kingdom army, a family. I feel like we've lacked that. We have not had the mothering and the fathering that we needed as a body of Christ, so to speak. And so with me, that's where I really struggled because I had all these giftings and hearing God and having encounters and having my spiritual um, giftings open up where I can see in the spirit things where the Luciferian are moving. So um, it's, it's just like little pieces, you know, he, he got me saved at 25, put me into the system working hand in hand with, you know, CPS and mental health crisis intervention. And then I started learning the spiritual aspects of deliverance. And the difficult thing, if we can just talk about the system quickly is the advocacy. Yes. So I thank God for your ministry, um, Sylvia, and just for you guys doing what you're doing and getting the awareness and education. Because can I tell you, when you're in a crisis situation and your family's in a crisis situation, whether spiritual, physical, mental, you name it, I mean, mental health to me was the worst place to send somebody because I worked behind yeah. the scenes. I mean, even I mean, staff raping the clients when they're on drugs. I mean, the, just horrific things. It's just like, I would never want, no. And I came across a situation where a family member of mine showed up at my doorstep completely demonized. And God was like, I'm going to show you what to do. And I started learning healing and deliverance. And the hard part was, was that because she wasn't saved, there was a lot of, um, manifestations, her taking off in the middle of the night. Um, you know, it, 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 
what it looks like is schizophrenia, but what it is, is just really spiritual warfare and torment. And so I woke up in the middle of the night to her trying to catch my Bible on fire. And, you know, that was a really hard time in my life, but it was like God thrusting me into that fire to teach me, train me and equip me on what to do. Um, but the hard part is a lot of people are like deliverance, deliverance, um, but she wasn't saved yet. But then some people are like in the church against medication. Well, she ended up having a deliverance to where her eyes completely were black. Like this demon took over where her she was biting her tongue, wouldn't let her talk or renounce anything or say anything. And I mean, we all watched her face completely change and shift. And it was just a complete demon. Her strength was out of this world that it took like three paramedics and four police officers to carry her. She was so fragile because the enemy was starving her. So the enemy was making her not eat, not sleep. And so um, the hard part is I did not want to let her go into mental health. I didn't because I knew, but the Lord says, you have to trust me. And someone did actually try to rape her when she was in the hospital. And I kept trying to like, just tell her like, whatever you do when you're back there, when I, when I could, you know, while we're kind of, it's like discipling her through this, um, whatever you do, don't be alone. Don't be alone in, in a room. Don't be alone. Get away. Um, so later we did find out somebody, a worker that was giving her medication, gave her her medication and tried to push her up against the bed to, to rape her. And, and that's in mental health. <laughs> and so um, just, just imagine people who aren't saved and the, the demonic activity that's working through the foster care system, that's working through the mental health system and through the doctors and the physicians and then the drugs that they have access to. Um, so I do want to stop you there for a second, though, yeah. because people don't really understand how the system works and the mental health is a huge part of it. Um, and it was the part that really got me also. Um, can you explain what wraparound services are? Because we have to really break it down to even that simple, like what is a wraparound service? Because people don't understand this. This is mm -hmm. what happens. And, and you're so right. The mental health is supposed to be there for the children and to help them get through this trauma. And what I discovered is it's actually a hustle. It's a it hustle is. for the therapist. It's a hustle yes. for the, uh, the psychiatrist. Yeah. for um, everyone involved. And just like you're saying, you send them there for help and then they are uh, harmed even more. Exactly. So yeah, if we can just start breaking it down for yeah. just the simple, simple yeah. parts of it. Too. Yeah. So, so the thing with the wraparound services, it's kind of like the top tier intervention before um, a child is removed. Um, or we even had cases where there's like reconciliation, um, but there's still the monitoring and the support where there's visitations, there's one-on-ones, there's group counseling. And so each case that would come in, a team of like three or four would be assigned. And we would all, they call it wraparound services because it's literally like every point of contact from the court system to juvenile hall, to CPS, to the foster care system, and then you have us. So it's kind of like this bridging of the gap of services and connecting everyone together to work together. Um, but I still felt, <laughs> I felt like in a lot of these services, it was just that revolving door. And like, what are we doing? Like, we're doing more paperwork than anything, but we're not really meeting yeah. the needs tangibly. We're not equipping them with what they need. We're not educating them with what they need. We're not providing the healing that they need. 
Um, and then, you know, there are some cases where a child died under someone's care and, you know, with the other kids, the case got brought in to where we have to monitor and they do parent, you know, parenting uh, classes. And even in doing all of that, I still feel like even when I look back, like doing the paperwork or working with the clinicians, it's like just a file. And you lose, yeah. this is a human being, this is a generation, this is, this is, you know, a legacy of someone's life. And now you're just a number, your money, you're a file, and now you're just stuck in the system and not understanding that they can get out of the system. So even working in the children's home um, with these runaways, and, and I had mentioned that one, one shelter was like two houses away from a trap house. And I didn't, I didn't even know what a trap house was, but I'm like, that looks like a trap house because um, it was prostitutes standing outside half clothed. Um, there was guys that looked extremely dark and like they just got out of prison, babies in diapers. And it's literally two, and the house looked horrible, two houses away from this runaway shelter, youth shelter. And so it's like, if you look at your city, even if you're listening to this now, like, where do I start? What do I do? Start by looking and being aware of what's around and what's going on in your city. In Los Angeles, we were driving for an event there. Every strip club has a daycare center right next to the strip club some are like oh well maybe it's the the strippers um way to watch the kids no it's not it's a service so that's what people don't understand is that with this whole pedophile ring with the trafficking of children it people think oh well it's this you know person this idea that we get from Hollywood I guess but no it can be a 50 year old grandma that is transferring the kid from the daycare center to these men that you know they want something more, right? I mean, we all know the, the principalities and the things that are involved behind it. But if you look at the structure and the system of how everything is set in place in a city, it really creates a picture for you. Um, and it feels like a really, a really big beast to take down. But I think if we finally, you know, get our sleeves up and get in the trenches and we're willing at all costs, right to do what yeah. we've been called to do to begin with um and repenting for for ignoring or putting our head in the sand um and and getting to work and so i want to see survivors come forward i want whistleblowers to come forward i want people to share their stories and i had asked the lord how are we going to win this war and he had showed me a file and he showed me clips of a gun and he said there's going to be files clips and images that are going to come forth that are going to expose at a level that people have never witnessed but the important thing to understand is who can they trust with those clips images and files right and so um i think we are going to see the greatest ever story um, written as far as the kingdom coming into her true purpose and her true identity um and there's work that has to be done and i would like to see the education system dismantled i would like to see juvenile hall and you know the court system dismantled even in stockton california it is so poverty stricken and just murder left and right and that's someone king county lots of judge corruption da corruption and then they have they built this beautiful uh courthouse and you're just like they aren't legit just making money off of poverty <laughs> so yeah. yes well like the courthouse the is, that's that's their temple that's their temple there so you they're go gonna, they're gonna clear. yeah they're gonna sink their money into it you know oh my gosh 
Christina, we're on the same <laughs> same wavelength because Thank I got to tell you, this God has been speaking to me internally for a while now that that it's we're in a season of exposure, but then His yeah. judgment is coming, and it's going to be a. He told me very swift. It's going to be a swift thing, and I've been holding on to that for about three years now, and I. I've you know, sporadically on other shows I brought it up. I mean, Sylvia knows I talk about it all the time. And it's not going to look the way I think we think it's going to look because it's going to be a Red Sea moment. It's going to be a divine intervention. It's going to be God's hand um, saving these children. And it's it's not just the children. There's going to there's gonna be a lot of exposure coming with politicians, all kinds of different things. And the Babylonian system is falling. Um, and I know like, you know, a lot of people would, would argue that revelation in 18, the Babylonian system falls is, is, you know, kind of end time stuff. I do believe we are in the, um, end times. I don't think we are in the last days. I'm sorry, in right, the last right. days, not in the end times. And so I think there's plenty of time left where, you know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of churches waiting for the rapture and they're doing nothing. Um, right. well, everybody <laughs> else on. is trying to do the hard work. Um, yeah, exactly. So I, I believe like this is the time. I mean, we have all yeah. been put together at this perfect moment for this exposure to come and for yeah. his justice to come. And it's exactly. going to be a really, really rude awakening for a lot of people, unfortunately. And I think on the other side of this, I, I've told Sylvia this many times that Rescue the Fosters is going to be known for healing. Mm. There's, there's going to be a lot of healing that, that needs sure. to happen after this because this is good. this is so traumatic. Not only what's happened to these poor children and the parents, but the nation is going to be traumatized by what by what they see coming. Yeah. And there's going well, to need yeah, to be yeah, healing on all levels. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Trauma. I mean the trauma. And the Lord had spoken to me about trauma and the importance of trauma, um, spiritual trauma healing, because he ha I think it was a year or two ago he said we're coming into a decade of healing from deep traumas. And I believe even though we're in a war decade, it's been spoken by apostles that we're in a, a decade of war, but even the, in the war, there's joy. Even in the war, we're building. Even in the war, we're multiplying and we're protected. Um, but you know, just the significance of creating space and a place for these people to heal. And just as you said, I mean, it's gonna be a shock to so many because they've been in this occult fog, whether you're in the world or whether you're in the church. Um, so I feel like he's using us as this remnant to shed light on darkness and to dismantle darkness. So that's what I'm about. Yeah, unfortunately, the church <laughs> has been in that fog for a long time. I mean, most churches do not talk about this stuff. They don't talk about, you know, the so-called alien abductions and all these things that are just demonic manifestations. Right. And right. it's a shame because the church, I mean, I... I I rail on the church a lot and I've, I do feel I bad about it, but it's, Same I can't here. help it because the church is, oh my gosh, the church is responsible for so many of the atrocities that have happened. You know, no, you can just go true. back to being, you know, prayer taken out of the schools. Where was the church? Yes. Roe versus Wade. Like wh what happened Western to the church? church? Like we just yeah. did nothing. Yeah. We've sat around. Someone else will take care of it. We're waiting for the rapture. And mm -hmm. the 501c3 is another, you know, rabbit trail you can go down and see how it's just absolutely handcuffed the church um i mean you saw what happened during the pandemic i mean all these churches just folded like card tables yeah it's just yeah. it's it's pathetic but we are the remnant and the remnant is rising right. and we are going to do the latter-day works i mean this is this is the time that he said you know the harvest is great the harvesters are few that's right and but we're gonna we're gonna take the load and gladly do it with his you know his leading and I right. think 
the greatest days for the church are ahead. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. And even America, I've, you know, America's going to have a reawakening, yeah. um, a spiritual reawakening. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be some really good days ahead. Now, I mean, of course, things always go the other way, too. I mean, we know that we're heading for his return at some point. But it's just, I think the church has been locked in on this rapture thing for so long. They've just gotten mm -hmm. very complacent and lazy. And yeah, he's, just, he's, he's, also, he's, he's sifting it right now. It's also like they have gone like with the the agenda of this world like with the lgbq it's they've made uh made exceptions uh to be liked by society it's more like like you said just going to church having a party making yourself feel good that you're at you're you say that you're going to church when you're not doing anything and you're actually causing harm that's right yeah well, and it reminds me of what's going on with the Jews. I was recently in Israel and we were in the Holocaust Museum and it just blew me away. I had no idea that why today they struggle with Christians because, you know, back during the Holocaust, the Christians were standing there worshiping while they're passing by on trains to go to gas chambers. I had no idea the extent of the rejection and of the death that um, Christians were portraying or that were living out in real time, like shutting their door on them. We don't want to be a part of this. We don't want to help you. We don't want to be seen with you. And so that's kind of the frequency that was left for them, which is why they struggle whenever Christians try to come holier than thou into the Holy Land. Um, because even now they're questioning like, oh, are they, are the Christians going to stand up for us? Are they going to fight for us? Are they, or are they going to stay silent like they did during the Holocaust? So I think that poses a question for each of us as well yeah i couldn't agree more it's sad but i we are fixing it it's being corrected god is behind it he's sifting yeah. the churches i think we're we're very close to seeing some major major churches churches fall and it i don't oh, care yeah. what the what the label is on the denomination I it's mean, he's I sifting agree. it all he, he's getting it down to the purest of the pure he wants mm -hmm. that church that's spotless and wrinkle free that uh, yeah. is going to do the, yeah. the greater works. Yeah. And I see family. I see family. I see round table. I see, you know, us being really involved in one another's lives um, and meeting tangible needs and loving each other and having these healthy attachments and bonds with each other to mature and sharpen. I just, I keep getting the word family, you know, just like the book of Acts, it's going to look different, but it's going to be glorious. And, you know, I mean, he saves the best wine for last. And so we get to be a part of that. And I feel like he's, probably more excited than we are, even though we're like, yes, we're going to do this. You know, he's like, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> let's, let's get things going. I feel like we've been in the season of preparation too. I mean, I know personally he has brought me to levels. I never knew I had to go to refine me. Um, I've always been a patient person always my whole life. That's every, I'm known for being patient, but I had to, I'm experiencing a level of patience that I've never experienced in the last, like it, even in the last six months. Like I've had to go to levels that I didn't know existed, but I know it's because he's preparing me personally for this, yeah. this harvest where people yeah. are going to need that patience because they've been so traumatized Beyond. and, and, and I'm sure it's the same for you, right? I mean, you, you feel like you've been going through preparation and getting my ready whole for this. walk. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you guys know, some people listening know that the warfare I mean, I felt like not only was I born into violence and war, um, but even in the church, it's like I went through all this violence and abuse growing up, and then I get saved and I go through so much abuse spiritually 
by abusive leadership. And so <laughs> I'm just like, it's just now starting to stop. Praise God. So I feel like it's been a baptism in war almost, um, but learning to be the fighter that I am today um, and, and the maturity and the healing that has to take place because it first starts with us. It will always first start with us. Yeah. Amen. So let's go a little deeper into the foster care, adoption, CPS. Mm -hmm. um, we, on this show, every show is about that. I mean, 99% of our shows discuss that matter. And, and what's the remedy for it? You know, where do you see it going? Does the whole system need to be scrapped and scorched earth? Or is it is it some parts of it, you know, can they be fixed? Is any of it savable? I mean, my own personal opinion is I think we scrap the whole thing and start over and we can do a way better job. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 dismantle, tear down, start over. Yeah, that's just my mm -hmm. opinion. And yeah. what, so how does that look going forward? Like what, what if you had the reins and control of this, like what would you do first? Because let's, let's face it, let's, let's just say tomorrow the whole system is scrapped. We yeah. have a lot of children that need help immediately yeah. and they need yeah. and obviously that costs a lot of money so how do we like transition into this new era of foster care and adoption and 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 even the safe removal of children when when it's absolutely necessary there are times it is necessary it's just very rare mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did you want to share first sylvia no you go ahead i okay. mean i i personally i personally think that if we if we start reuniting families mm -hmm. and we keep families together, um, we actually have a lot of children that are missing right now, and they have families. They mm -hmm. have moms, they have dads, and most of them have two homes. Uh, the problem is is that they have literally uh, started a human trafficking through the system that has overcrowded the system that has caused it all of this trauma and all of this trouble that if we just start reuniting families, the percentage mm. of kids that are actually being abused would actually be able, we would actually be able to help them with the organizations that we have right now. Uh, yeah. But we have to start that, we have to stop the trafficking of the families and the adoption. Forced adoption is trafficking. And I have so many parents that are fighting for their kids that have been torn apart and that they have been forced to adopt, uh, forced adopted out. Um, but that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think the reunification is big, um, but also to the lack of what does it look like to be a healthy mom? What does it look like to be a healthy dad? Even, even spiritually, even um, I talk about this a lot with pastors and leaders, like as people are getting saved, are we equipping them and helping them understand um, how to be a loving father, how to heal and love themselves? Cause maybe they hate themselves because of all the trauma. So I think that's very important. Um, bringing the understanding of what a healthy relationship, what a healthy uh, dynamic and family would look like. Um, but I honestly feel like to answer that question, I feel like it's already like in the making and it started in 2020 because people started pulling their kids out of the school. Um, people, what, what I envisioned was everything 
like coming to nothing that was built in this Babylonian system and structure, coming to nothing, exposures, arrest, but this re rebuilding, and I feel like it's a grassroots movement. So a lot of us mm -hmm. in 2021, I actually had to leave my healthcare uh, job because um, and it was, you know, an easy resign on resigning. There's no way I could do this because they wanted me to call 80 women, 80 pregnant women a day and tell them why they need to get vaccinated. And I'm like, that's a hard no, there's no way. And even in our trainings and meetings, they're telling us they put us under a pharmacy director, dissolved our program completely. It was preventative health care. Now we're a COVID campaign. Now you're going to call 80 pregnant women. And I said, no, ma'am, I am not going to do that. And I, that was before. So it was almost like we were on the front line. So we were hearing everything before we knew about, you know, the religious exemption and, and so on and so forth. Um, but I feel like it caused us to shift. And so I resigned and I started building more into entrepreneurship, kingdom entrepreneurship, and then also um, homeschooling. So then here we are pioneering this grassroots movement in our city and in our county, where a ton of parents from every background, every denomination, we grouped up together and we started homeschooling our kids and we rented out of a church and we would meet there and we would have, you know, prayer and we would have each subject and someone would teach on the subject. And, you know, if someone had a garden or someone had fresh farm eggs and it was just the most freeing. I'm like, is this what God wanted originally? Is this what he had intended originally? It was so beautiful and powerful us coming together as one, even if we we're different denominations, even if we believe differently. Um, we, we were so in alignment with, um, family and with doing the best for our kids and even we were complete strangers and we became family so I feel like that grassroots movement like we're in it so I see the system being dismantled of education so to speak um, and then having schools where their kingdom schools or their healthy schools um, or even hospitals I mean there was a time where I didn't even want to take my kid to the hospital because of the fear of them possibly keeping him, you know, and the control that was going on and the harassment, mm -hmm. if you're not getting the, you know what? And so it's like, gosh, I had to figure out all these holistic ways to help him overcome a cough because I can't trust going to the hospital. So then the Lord said, there's going to be doctors and people resigning and leaving their career to rebuild exactly what he wants it to be so that people like us can actually go to a safe place without any worry or fear to get treated for certain things. Um, and so I just, I see a new paradigm shift. I see God giving us those blueprints and those designs on what it is we're building, even if starting from scratch. And it might seem big, but I think if we network together, we work together, um, we'll, we will see something really worthy happen. Yeah. And God always has a way of rebuilding, you know, that, that it's never going to be a human thing. It's going to be a divine thing. And, and yeah, and it, that's what's, it is a little daunting when you think about it from our own point of view, like, oh my gosh, we got to rebuild all these different, you know, <laughs> systems that we've been, a, you know, been accustomed to since I was a kid, you know, and how are we going to do right. that? But when everybody stays in their lane and everybody uses their gifts, their talents, their skills there that God go. has given them, it's not yeah. hard. It's everybody it's just knows exactly what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. So be encouraged. There's hope. Whoever's listening, um, you're a part of it. You're a part of the solution. And I know there's, you know, so many people that feel like, well, it's beyond me, but it's not. You are called for a time such as this.
Amen. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's let's dig a little bit more into the CPS thing. So you, you witnessed this prior to your coming to Christ, and then while you were in Christ, what were your what was your thinking before coming to Christ, and then after witnessing so, this? Before, I mean, I knew something was wrong. I always knew something was wrong. And so I feel like I was always a solutionist where I wanted to figure out like a solution. And I wanted to yeah. find out what was happening and why is this happening? Um, so even before Christ, um, I mean, it's hard though, because not being saved, it's like you have no conscience, like your conscience is seared. So um there was a lot of fragmentation, a lot of trauma and brokenness, but still wanting to help. So it's almost like God already built that within me. Um, but going and getting these positions and these jobs before I was saved, I think it just broke my heart. That's like the number one thing. It broke my heart because I knew these kids were being hurt and seeing the foster parents that would, um, you know, have custody of them, how they would talk, how they would treat them. I mean, absolutely no morals no love. I'm like, how did you even like, even the staff, mm -hmm. some of the staff in mental health, I'm like, are you a patient or are you yeah. staff? Like I struggled with that. I don't know if you ever struggled with that, Sylvia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was staff. always talking out. I was always getting in trouble because I was talking out about it. That was, uh, that was the problem. I was getting retaliated constantly exactly. because I was, uh, I was reporting what I was supposed to be reporting. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> yeah, they don't want I'm you serious. to report it. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. such a setup. And, and it's, it's we know it's the enemy and it's not the person. Um, but they've been getting away with this for so long. So now I'm excited to just see everything come to the surface. I know, but it's yeah. when I when I think about it, just from my own mind, it's very, it's it's a scary thing. Let's face it. I mean, these people are capable of doing some of the most heinous things. If they're doing it to children, what would they right. do to you know anybody else? And so you that exactly. is in the back of your mind. Of course, I don't have a spirit of fear, uh, but you ha you do think about that sometimes. Is there going to be retaliation? Are they going to come? In? But you yeah. know what? That's what they want. They want yeah. you to fear them. They want you to be scared. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, no, no, there is no fear. We're taking yeah. you down. It's over. You're, right. the, the time is right. up. You're corrupt. It's got to yeah. end. Yeah. And we're going to put yeah. in something much better that's actually going to help families and heal families yeah. rather than yeah. tear them apart and destroy a country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Satan hates family. Mm -hmm. And so we get to be a part of bringing, like she said, that word you use, reunification and just reconciliation. Um, and that brings restoration and hope and rebuilding anew, you know? Um, so I think it's a very tender place where we're at right now, um, what we get to be a part of and giving hope to so many children and a voice, you know, and a new life. Right. So let's talk about your ministry. I mean, I know all this that we have talked about is bits and pieces of it, but what is your, like, if you had one thing that you specialize, one, specialize in and one thing that you really enjoy doing, what is that calling that God's given you? Um, I would say the spiritual trauma healing and the strategic spiritual warfare. So like people come to me with unique cases. Um, I had a 
correction officer, him and his wife came to me in need of help because of what was happening with their son. Um, he was eight and he kept taking off to like abandon in buildings. And he just had a lot of like familiar spirits attacking him. And so I worked with them and helped them. And they had a huge testimony um, working with the paranormal, you know, Christians, again, <laughs> we bless the body of Christ. Um, you know, there's, they're doing church, but then at the same time, you know, this person's like, there's shadows in my room, but I don't know what to do about that. Or, um, you know, my child's manifesting. I don't know what to do about that. So a lot of times organically, the Lord will bring these people into my life to help them. Um, and again, my ministry is for the saved, those who are saved, but who are going through extreme um, mental, spiritual torment, warfare. Um, and so my heart is to help them with the father's help so that they can overcome these things and be set free of these things and then to activate and call forth their identity and their gifts and their calling and just see them launched out into that there's a whole swath of christians that would say wait a minute wait christians can't be demonized that's impossible yeah. oh yeah i i base that my whole yeah <laughs> just... <laughs> I, I I mean, I've had pastors tell me like, we know that you pray deliverance, but we'll let you pray for people in secret and behind closed doors, but we won't announce it to the congregation, um, you know, because we just want to protect them. We want to keep them safe. You understand, right? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, all you have to do is read the New Testament and Jesus is constantly casting out demons. I don't know why that's so hard for people to believe. I mean, when I, th I actually, to be honest, I think over the last probably two or three years, I think more and more people are realizing, okay, there is a level of evil that's beyond just the human mind. Um, and I think that's, that's a good thing because we're awake to what the enemy is doing. But unfortunately, right. it just seems like the, the Christian church is always lagging behind. Yeah. And they well, should be the ones at the forefront. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it requires responsibility and, and the uncomfortableness of, you know, how you've been doing it for so long, you're just comfortable in that. So to change something, it's like, Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know about doing this or that, or, um, it's such a lie from the pit of hell. So I'm, I've learned, like, even there was a satanic altar in front of a church and the Lord showed me and he said, go dismantle that right now. I called my mentor. She says, yes, that is a satanic altar, a witch put to put a curse, called the pastor. Um, the wife answered and she's like, the pastor, my husband's horribly sick. He's throwing up. He's not going to be able to preach tomorrow. So witchcraft has a lot to do with that sickness, right? I said, can you send someone to help me dismantle this? Typically when there's things like that, you do it with strategically with other people. And she, I think I scare her, bless her heart. <laughs> so she's like, Oh, you could do it. You could take care of it yourself. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. So me and my son actually did it. And we called forth the angelic host to help us. We were praying in the spirit. We dismantled it. Um, but I think, yeah, it requires responsibility. Um, what's really hard too is the mixture of people that are operating in witchcraft in the church, you know, so it's just, it gets wild, it gets messy. Um, but I think God's fine tuning all of us to this effortless anointing of helping people get out of these strongholds and helping them become wise. And so my heart is to train and equip intercessors um, regarding these things. You touched on seeing the object outside and, and knowing that it was an altar, the Holy Spirit prompting you and, and somebody else, but yeah. 
how do you recognize that stuff? I mean, there, the symbolism is everywhere. I mean, yeah, I don't, it's on it, your pop can. It's, you know, on the grocery store door. Like it's everywhere. Know. And in the symbols, I mean, I think most people watching here understand symbolism now. I mean, over the last five, six years, there's been a great awakening to the symbolism and what these people are doing in this evil empire, the satanic yeah. um, empire. But what are some of the things you recognize like often, um, both with objects and symbols? I mean, it's just death. Death is like the number one thing you see everywhere, even with like liquid death water and just, you know, everything that even the posters, my kids were looking at some posters to put on their walls and it was like the third eye and um, it's just occultic, Luciferian and it's more and more. So it's like more and more in your face. Um, it's the new age, right? Isn't it? Is the third eye in the... Um... Yeah. Yeah. And I've prayed for some people and Christians because people think that when they get saved that the third eye closes, like if they were a psychic or medium and it doesn't close. So that's where I get really passionate on helping people understand the spiritual, because it's like I had to learn myself too. like I got saved. I got baptized in the spirit, praying in tongues in my kitchen. I got baptized and I was still tormented. So I'm like, what's the deal? <laughs> and then that's when he the lord had me study the ministry of jesus and had me learn about spiritual warfare and learning about these you know little g's gods and the what the pagans did and how our ancestors did a lot of the pagan worship and the mixture you know god says don't make with these wives and then they go and have all these pagan wives and so it's just you know it's ancient practices that are just coming up in a different form here in 2023. Um, but us becoming, you know, discernment is big. So I always say, always ask for discernment daily. And I think especially now the times that we're living in now, we need discernment like never before to discern and test the spirits. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I say discernment all the time. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like the discernment levels, are starting to get better. I've seen them improve over the last couple of years. They're not at the levels they should be, especially if you're a believer. Um, and, you know, touching on the thing with, with the giftings, the giftings and callings of, of God are without repentance. So whether you're in the new age or you've become a Christian and you're operating in those gifts, it's who are you going to operate under with those gifts right. and right. what are you going to use them for? And that requires that discernment. And once, you know, I know, um, even before I was a Christian, my, the gifts I'm using currently, I was using before, but I wasn't always using them for good. Right. I could, I could easily manipulate people because there was a trust that, that was built. Now I didn't use it very often to do that, but I did. I, if I'm, if I'm, you know, being honest, um, now I would never do it, but I can see how, uh, someone with a prophetic gifting, for instance, you know, they'll, they work as a medium or they'll work in, you know, some seance, you know, what do they call it? Tarot cards and things like that. And they're, they are actually operating in a gift, but they're using it from the demonic side rather than what God right. had intended for them. Do you right. see that often? Oh yeah. All the time. 
all the time and and that's the um spirit guide and so even in church like I don't let just anybody lay hands on me and that's something you'll learn over time too and even with people doing deliverance I've been working with a lot of people that are getting abused that are getting demonic impartations and getting more demons thinking they're getting deliverance and so I think it's just equip like we're in a training ground and an equipping and discernment and understanding and testing um and being active in learning and um, just willing, I think becoming that willing vessel because we have to mature our gifts at some point. And I struggled with finding people and finding an atmosphere to develop my gift, you know, and to purify it, to fine tune it. And I was so blessed to come alongside some intercessors um, because had I not found them in 2020, um, I don't even know where I would be today because everything accelerated in the world. But at the same time, I feel like many of our giftings accelerated in a new way. And I began to see, like I can close my eyes and then open my eyes and be in another place. And the Lord started to download strategy. And that's where I started doing decree writing and doing spiritual mapping and going out to lands and territories. Um, and I learned about that in 2013. And I was just fascinated with it, that it was so cool. Like, this is the cool kingdom stuff that I love. This is the more that I was always desiring and asking about before saved and after. Um, and that's like teams of intercessors going out. Hey, this person's manifesting. We need help. They go out as a team and they have inter uh, intercessors interceding. Or there was one team that went out to a Louisiana prison and they did some work and they got on quads and they got oil and they oiled up the whole land and they prayed and they prayed inside the prison I'm like yes this is what I'm talking about like I want to be about this and so I, I in 2013 I heard that at a conference from the speakers and the Lord says this is what I'm going to have you do um, but you have to I'm telling you it starts with you it starts with your heart first starts with your mind you know the discipline and even though we're not going to be perfect or always get it perfect um, he does want to work on us first always before going into that next part of whatever your calling is um but in 2020 is when he activated me in doing that like land assignments and spiritual mapping and decree writing and for whatever reason I still don't know why it is all against the Luciferian um, but I do know that it's operation rescue the children that is something that's heavy um that he imparted over me that it is operation rescue the children children underground children above ground like these children need to be rescued um, yeah, talk about that because this was really interesting at uh, when you spoke about this at Warrior Bride Ministries. Um, I, I just want you to tell how how you like did the mapping and how God showed you where they were and all of that and the yeah. baby farms. Okay, um, so again, and this is why we need to have you know people like you and thank you for allowing me to use my voice here because we need other people. We can't do this by ourselves. So we need other people. Um, and so the women that I was aligned with in 2020, they gave me space and room to teach me, train me, equip me, allow me to practice using my voice. Because one thing about, you know, people say, oh, there's a demon behind every bush. It's like, yeah, there's a demon behind every bush, but not every demon is assigned to your boundary. So we're all given spiritual boundaries. And so we have to understand what is our spiritual boundary for something that we're coming against or we're call to come against and so that's one thing I learned trading with them it felt like seal team like it felt like kingdom seal teams getting intel seeing in the spirit going in 
doing the damage, dismantling and seeing the fruit and the transformation of that. Um, but the Lord was like, it was like a clarion call. He's like, get a map. I get a map. I put it on the wall. He says, lay your hands on the map. There's kids here. There's kids here. And I just started circling and marking everything. And that happened after I had a dream about baby farms. So I never went down the rabbit hole. I never knew anything about adrenochrome or about baby farms or about the Luciferian or the cabal, nothing. And then the end of 2020, he gave me a dream about baby farms. And it was horrific. It was literally like I was allowed to be in a place in an atmosphere that was a real place. And there was a lady that looked German um, and there was pregnant women in all these bathroom stalls and they're about six months pregnant. And I, I didn't know if she could see me, but I'm walking down each stall and I see the pregnant women. They looked about 25 drugged out of their mind and she's walking to each bathroom stall handing them every drug of choice and then they'd miscarry the baby the lord didn't allow me to see the baby praise god the the nurse came collected the babies and put them in a like casing a clear casing drove a nail through the head and the feet threw them in a bin and I'm like, what are you going to do with those? Like, what are you going to do with those children? And she looked at me with the most demonic face and sound. And she's like, I'm going to burn them. And I woke up. And then when I woke up, I'm like, Lord, what was that? And he literally spoke to me and he said, I want you to go to the computer right now. And I want you to look up baby farms. Never heard it in my life. I look up baby farms. And then the first thing that pops up is Oprah Winfrey, spiritual advisor, John of God arrested the end of 2019 for baby farms all over the world. Mm -hmm. And then that is what sent me on this course of learning um, about Kathy O'Brien's testimony about, you know, Henry Kissinger, about Project pa Paperclip. So now I'm mm -hmm. like going down, you know, going down the, the road. Um, and it, it was heartbreaking. Had I not gone through my healing, for my own physical and sexual trauma as a child, there's no way I could have stomached or I could have, I mean, even it's still hard with healing, um, but there's no way. So that's why I always say to kingdom people, it's so important for you to be healed because God wants to use you for something much bigger than yourself. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think Bryce Taylor is another book that I got and just understanding all these wicked things that were happening and that are still happening underground today. Um, and that is where I am today. So as soon as I started learning those things and he started giving me confirmation because I would literally get a phone call of a particular land that he had me lay hands on and someone would call me and say, I have no idea what's going on with Christina, right? Praying and laying hands on a map. They And I can't say it on air, but they tell me, hey, this land and these intercessors, they need us. I'm like, that's the same land that the Lord highlighted to me on the map. So it was just confirmation after confirmation. Um, and then the Lord started sending survivors to me. So, I mean, we there's purpose. I just want people yes. to understand. There's so much purpose to what you're hearing God say, what you're called to do, what you're stepping out to do. Um, there's so much purpose. And there's also a weighted responsibility. And so I did this alone for a long time and it was really hard and really lonely, lots of rejection, lots of hurt. Um, but I kept going, you know, 
um, I just kept going. I kept pursuing what the Lord was showing me and just moving in faith. So even like you said, even today, I have people reaching out to me that they had um, an alien abduction. They don't know, can't go to the church about it, but they felt led to talk to me about it. Um, and so working with these people on these things, because they're very real things and, and they do need help. And so God is like, the time is now. He's exposing, but also bringing us into truth and healing and our original intent and our original identity. Um, so that's where I am today. Well, that's amazing. When when the Lord gave you the locations of these baby farms, was there a, a feeling or a knowing of why they were in specific locations? I mean, were they tied to ancient, you know, burial grounds yeah. or where they were doing sacrificing? And yeah. Oh yeah, they were. And that's when I started learning about the energy grids, the vortex grids, the serpent lines. Um, and he just started like strategically showing me like the geometry of it all, how it's all very strategic. And that was through a mentor that I had been, that God's brought into my life that two mentors, that one did the geometry aspect of it and the other one did the researcher. And then I was the seer and then they had other people on the team. So we all brought different pieces because I can walk on a land and I can literally go back into time and see exactly what was happening. Um, and then feel, you know, and know and get intel from the Lord on what needs to happen and how we need to pray. But I think we need to understand the triangulation of it all and how everything is very specific. Like you can have a Catholic church or graveyard and then a Freemason temple, you know, and they're all like synergizing each other. Um, you know, you can have a trident statue. I mean, when I started to see this in real time, because I guess we don't really pay attention, but when we were driving and just looking, if you really look and you're like, why is that statue there? Why is this there? Why are little boys here? Why are mermaids here? You know, it's, it's all around us. I mean, even in California, because yeah. that's where I started, um, just all these active altars that are still active. So as intercessors, strategic warfare intercessors, it's our job to shut those down. And how does that look, yeah, shutting them down? Like I mean, you, you can't just go in there and remove these things, obviously. No, like not at all. It's very strategic. <laughs> yeah. You have to be called to it. Um, there's people that in their ignorance... Um, and we've seen it many times where they're just like, I have authority and I can do this and, you know, and, and it could be a little bit of holy pride and then they get knocked out and have a heart attack or, you know what I mean? So that, that goes back to spiritual boundaries and you have to be called to this and the Lord will strategically place you in, in spheres and atmospheres with people, um, places. I mean, that's what he did with me. I learned about it in 2013 and there, there's honor, there's protocol, there's principle, you know, there's, there's so much that goes forth. You, you can't just go and jump in and do these things. And I try to tell people like, you can pray um, within your city and, you know, your jurisdiction, because it starts in your heart and then your home and then your city and then your state, your region and then nations. So you can't skip well, I'm not going to address my heart issues, but I'm going to go to nations. You're going to get knocked out by witchcraft real fast. Yeah. Yeah. That, that spiritual wickedness is so real and intangible when you, when you're in it, like just what we're dealing with just in the last two years, I mean, yeah. I've felt tangible evil that I've never experienced before this. So I, you know, it's, it's definitely a real thing. Um, it's interesting though, that I, I well, let me, back up just a little bit with the principalities. So I used to follow uh, John Paul Jackson. He died like, I think five or six years ago. I don't know if you know his ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, at, you know, I 
have a lot of dreams myself. I can interpret dreams, um, all that stuff. Most of the time, not all the time, if the Holy Spirit leads. But he would always teach that we can, we can, we have levels of authority. And one of them was you do not touch the principalities. You have to go to the Father to remove the principalities. Is that what you've seen also? No, one thing I've learned from my mentor, and I'll have to have her on with you guys one day because she is like a book in itself and I just had a meeting with her today I'm like we need to get you on a loud mic yes (laughs) um so so she is like I mean she's the researcher she is a just wealth of knowledge in this with spiritual mapping and land assignments and principalities and she's the one that trained me and so she did say that John Paul Jackson she understood what he was trying the message he was trying to relay but all that did was create fear and caused a church to really turn away and to stop altogether and say okay that's not for us we'll leave it for god when it it is for us so strategically it's not you against this principality it's you working with the angelic host putting them on assignments according to the will and purposes of of god um but everything is very very strategic so you have to know it's oh it's like i said it there's assignments that we've done, let's say it's against Santeria and against different things like that in a particular city. Well, we have to go through some prayers and some divorce decrees with Queen of Heaven. You know, we have to put ourselves through the refiner's fire and do some prayers and healing before we can step foot on there. So there is a protocol. Um but yeah, I, some people don't believe that way, but I do believe that we are called like strike teams where you go in with strategy and you hear heaven, you hear, you know, the battle plans and and you execute them. And we did that. And, you know, it's it's been a blessing and it's all behind the scenes. It's not something that's out in the open. It's just, you know, it's something that you do humbly and you do behind the scenes as the Lord instructs. It's weird. I think a lot of people think, well, why do we have to do it this way? And why can't we just skip this step? And, you know, I, I think our nature is to do it the lazy way, like the, the least amount of steps possible. That's that's just human beings. Yeah. But it is funny, like even in the natural world, there are protocols to things. Like if you don't do things in a certain order or a certain way, well, yeah. there's failure or you could get hurt or you might end up dying. I mean, yeah. and it's the yeah. same thing even to an, more of an extent in the spiritual realm. And people, well, why would God do that? Why would he have, you know, things so difficult for us? Um, but remember, the author of Confusion and Chaos is, is Satan himself. It was Lucifer. Right. So mm-hmm. it's God, what Satan um, confounded and wrecked and destroyed, God's bringing order back. And so right. there are right. certain steps that have to be done so that we don't get harmed spiritually right. and physically. Yeah. And it's wisdom and it's being around people that have done this and gone before us. Cause I've seen people out of their immaturity, out of their ignorance, out of their pride, try to do these things and it doesn't go well. And that's because, you know, you, you submit to the father, of course, but you want to hear his instructions. You want to hear what his heart is. You want to work with a specialized team. So just like the military, you're not going to just have anyone go out and do this, you know, high level mission. You're going to have a game plan, a war plan, battle strategy. Um, And then we have the gifts and the anointing and the talents and everything that each of us carry. We all carried a different piece to the puzzle when we would do these things. So I hope to see more of that uh, training in that way, because I think God's accelerating that in those people that are called. They call it strategic warfare. 
when you go up against those things like principalities. I think going forward with the church, that is going to be a big part of it. There's, yeah. There is going to be a new level of spiritual awareness going forward yeah. in the in the church that's forming. And I, you, earlier you had mentioned going back to the book of Acts. That's exactly what I see. I, I see a smaller, smaller groups, more family, um, meeting each other's needs like they did in the beginning, right. moving, right. moving in the gifts, you know, like healing and, and um, helping when people are down and out with, with finances or whatever. It's going to be more family because right. it's, you know, like and nothing against the uh, the mega churches. Some of them are, are okay, but you're not getting fed there. You, it's impossible. There's just there's not a big enough staff to take care of ten thousand people in some church, and you know, give them the needs and, and the attention they need. Discipleship. I think discipleship has fallen apart. Like there's no discipleship hardly at all. There's yeah. there's a lot of problems that need <laughs> to be addressed. <laughs> We got a lot of work. The fivefold ministry, like just there's just, there's a lot of stuff to do. But yeah. the good news is, I it's going to get corrected. He's yeah. he's doing a great work right now. Yes, he is, and we get to be a part of that. Yeah. It's cool that he includes us, isn't it? Like, it is. It's special. It's he loves just... it. It's like a dad and daughter, mm -hmm. a dad and son. I was telling someone that today. I said I literally feel like I have my combat boots on, my backpack, and I'm like, Dad, what are we doing today? Like. I'm excited. <laughs> he's so excited too, you know? So, I mean, he's a fun God. He's not rigid, you know, he's super fun. Um, and he's cool. <laughs> yeah. He's very cool. Like and he's, he's very reachable. He's not far away. I grew up in the Catholic church. I felt, you know, I was always told he's like, like millions of miles away and you better be good or he's going to hit you over the head with a hammer, you know, yeah. and all these things. Like it was just all these things that were not true. Uh, yeah. And when you break free from that, you know that he is a personal God. He loves you intimately. He knows everything about you. I had an experience, Christina, uh, right after I had uh, been born again. This is back in like 2003. My wife was going through some really bad things. We had, when my daughter was born, she had an epidural and it really messed her up. And mm -hmm. for nine months, my wife couldn't hardly walk. She couldn't lift things. We had, she had all kinds of problems. I was going through all kinds of different struggles myself. I had a business that was failing. I was losing my house. I was, you know, just lots of things. And then I'm taking care of everything because my wife was in such pain all the time. Okay. And I had an experience where the Lord literally like came in my house. I, the glory of God was there. Like I felt like liquid love pour over me. Wow. And my wife was healed like the next morning and stuff. Like it's, it's a longer story, but that's the gist okay. of it. But that's when I understood the level of love that he had, mm. even for me, because because before that, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he could be reached like that and that he cared about me. But he okay. did. Like it was like it was like I was the only one in his entire universe that night, and he was he was willing to help me through the okay. the pain that our family had been suffering through. And it was amazing. It changed my whole outlook in one night mm -hmm. of yeah. who he was and how much he loved me. It's amazing. It's love. Amen. That's tangible. And I always say that, like, that's what we need. Cause there's so many people that haven't experienced a tangible touch of his presence and love. And that truly is what transforms. So that's a beautiful mm -hmm. testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Anything else, Sylvia? No, I, I think, um, I think we covered everything so far. <laughs> <I did a> lot. <laughs> it was great. I would love to have yes. you on my other, sh my other shows. I do more Christian you know, just base shows, but, uh, 
Yeah, you know, and another person you might be interested in, maybe you already know of him, is Joe Jordan from CE4 Research. Um, it's Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind Research. He's a Christian for 20 plus years. He's worked for MUFON, the Mutual uh, UFO Network, and okay. he's an investigator, but he does it from the Christian side. And he's nice. got over, gosh, 700 people that he's helped with deliverance, showing Beautiful. that it's not aliens, it's actually demonic activity. He's not a favorite. He's not a big favorite in the alien community that when they have all their conferences because he goes against their narrative and it doesn't, you know, help them sell books. So. <laughs> I've learned that how there's just so much mixture in that, you know, because yeah. you have people mm -hmm. that aren't believers in Christ at all and just their theology, ideology, however you want to say it. And so, right. Yeah, but but I I'm getting people coming to me with that need um, in the church, so it it makes perfect sense why he would be all aligning us right now because there's a lot yeah. going on in the spirit realm right now, especially I feel like something got triggered where mm -hmm. where people are having nightmares and you know believers um, specifically are just having a lot of harassment and and exchange some type of exchange in the middle of the night that shouldn't be happening and so. I'm glad that he's connecting us all. Yeah, I'd love to. to be yeah, you would. You would. He's on our show. Yeah. We have him on every five or six weeks. He comes on our Sunday night show, and he's nice. he's just awesome. He's a great guy, and um, he still works for. Well, he worked for NASA for a long time. Now he works for Blue Origin. Is that what it's called? Jeff Bezos or Blue Rocket or whatever it's called. But um, yeah, so he has tons of experience in that. He's written a few books, and I think you, that would you would have a great conversation. Like, I think yeah. that would be a really neat show to have you both on at the same time, discussing what you've dealt with, with demons yeah. and deliverance and things. Awesome. Yeah, because there's still yeah. so much more. That's what I was like, Lord. Yes, it's the yeah. short version. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> Help me narrow it, narrow it down. Because um, right. it's very multifaceted how the Lord uses me. So it's funny. It was comical when you said you're exhausted after reading. I'm like, I should probably change that so people can understand. <laughs> but it's so multifaceted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's how he uses me. So, you know, um, surface wise and the natural people could look at me, you know, just out and about and be like, like, you know, look at down on me, I guess. Um, but then in the spirit realm, it's so different, you know, so it's just, it's pretty powerful to see how God is using all of us um, for this hour. I feel like we're at a time gate and there's no time to waste. No. So we're no. definitely no. actively in the fight. Yeah. It's not a time to be lazy. Yes. Like you, you better be on guard. You better have your hands right. Like it's, it's exactly. all hands on deck yeah. right now. All hands on deck. That was the word the Lord yeah. gave me recently. Oh, he did? He said, okay, cool. Yeah. Like a, a week ago, he said all hands on deck very hmm. strongly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, um, I, I have friends that are, I mean, they've been born again, they're saved. We believe a lot of the same things, but when I tell them these things, they're just like, no, oh. man, it's, it's closing time. I'm like, no, man, you're missing it. You're missing what's happening. Yeah. Like you gotta be ready. It's yeah. so frustrating. It is. It is. That's why we have people like us where we can actually talk about these things. People who are listening and tuning in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, we can yes, be those weirdos together, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a weirdo. <laughs> oh my gosh History well changer, guys go ahead and go to her website go to christina's website daughters of warfare now christina i did notice um it wouldn't pull up when it was just daughters of warfare.com 
okay. but it it went to dot square dot site. Oh, okay. Is that something Could that be. You... we're working on it. I have um, okay. an administrator. Okay. Yeah, she's working on that. She's been a blessing. Okay. Yeah, that ain't my okay. realm. That is not my realm, you guys. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. gotcha. Mine either. <laughs> yeah. So no, lots of great you. information, lots of ways to connect with her ministry and what everything she's doing over there. Um, any other social media that you want to put out I'm for just everybody? Instagram, Daughters of Warfare. Yeah, so I post a lot of content regarding like the third eye, spiritual things, dreams, um, just helpful things to help people um, to know they're not alone and that there's hope and freedom. Excellent. I will add that to the description of the video too. So Christina, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. I'm so Thank glad you. Sylvia got to meet you and, and have you on. And I look forward to having you on, you know, other shows and discuss these topics even further. Amen. I'm excited. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Thank you. Have Thank a great you. night. You can go ahead and end the meeting. Me and Sylvia are going to stick around just for a few more okay. minutes. All right. God bless All right. you guys. Yep. You. Have a great night. You too. God bless you. We have great guests. Man. Yeah. So cool. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I met a lot of amazing people at that event. Well, then what? Next week we have Gina. Next Tuesday is Gina and Kelly yeah. coming back on from Warrior Bride. That's going to be amazing. Talking about programming and MK Ultra. We had Kathy O'Brien on, what, two months ago, month and a half, whatever yeah. it was. I look forward to having her back on. I, I think it would be really, really cool to have a panel of all these people that are dealing with the same stuff, whether it's MK Ultra, trauma, induced trauma, um, uh, alien abductions, like have, have this expert panel on discussing how it all ties back to the same enemy. I think that would be amazing. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll have Kelly, Gina, Christina. Joe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it would be amazing. I could have Miko on too because Miko deals with it all the time. Oh my gosh, that would be an oh, excellent, yeah. outstanding panel. Yeah, we look forward to that. Yeah, I might so just Sylvia, sit that one out and watch. <laughs> Me too. I'll just, I'm going to be useless. I'll just sit back and <laughs> let them have the show. But uh, anyway, awesome show. I know you got to go. Um, where You're going to be on Spaces tonight. What's uh, Who's hosting it? Oh, yes. Uh, Gabe Woolley uh, at 9 o'clock. We will be on Twitter space. Um, I did post it on my Twitter page, or you can go to Gabe Woolley's. Um, he is, well, you know who he is. He just, mm -hmm. he's been speaking out. He's fighting for his nephew. That's another family that needs to be reunited. Uh, and, and this is what I'm talking about. If we just start reuniting the families that are torn apart by the system, then that would be a good start. Absolutely. The Woolies are in North Carolina, correct? No. Or Oklahoma. I think they're in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. We did a, we had their grandparents mm -hmm. on and uh and Gabe's coming on is he coming on Thursday? I think he's is he coming on Thursday? I think he's coming on this Thursday. I have to look at I the think calendar. So. Yeah. So that's going to be good. Get an update on what's going on there. Uh, but if you guys want to, if you're interested in the subject, go ahead and join the space tonight, nine o'clock on Twitter. Um on it's so is there a title to it or is it just gonna be under his name? Do you know? It's under Gabe Woolley. I'm not sure if there's a title. Uh, there is going to be, actually, I take that back. There are four others. There's four speakers he has uh, that's going to be on tonight. Uh, I just can't remember what the title is called. I think if you just search his name, you'll find it. That's W-O-O-L-E-Y. Yeah, or if you go to my Twitter page also. Okay, yeah, cool. At uh, yeah. Rescue to Fosters. Excellent. Uh, on my okay. personal. Oh, the personal one? That's mm -hmm. at Beachy Sil is it at Beachy Sylvia? 
Yep, at Beachy okay. Sylvia. Yep. Okay. B E A C H Y and then S Y L V I A. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Excellent show. Uh, go do your space thing. And we will see you actually tomorrow night, Insight Live, 7.30, me and Matt. Uh, I think I'm going to, Mike Pack texted me this morning and then he called and he's got a friend that's, <laughs> this is really cool. This guy's like 55 years old and he's a rapper. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a guy he used to go to high school with, but the guy's really good. I was watching his, his uh, YouTube thing this morning, his uh, subscription, subscription, his channel. And um, he's really good. I mean, it's crazy how good this guy is. And apparently he was a great athlete in high school. He could have went into baseball or football. He had scholarships. And instead he started rapping. And so that's oh, kind wow. of what he's been doing. Yeah, he's really good. So I, And he's a Christian. I might try to see if I can get him on tomorrow night. I don't know if I'd be able to get him on so quick, but I'm exploring that option. So uh, check that out tomorrow uh, nice. night at 730 right here, Insight Channel. Yeah. And then back Thursday night, Rescue the Fosters, 730 with, I think, Gabe, Gabe Woolley. So... Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Please like, subscribe if uh, you care to do so. And we definitely want to get in the algorithm. So if you can get that thumbs up and red pill here on uh, the Foxhole, that would be amazing. So we really appreciate that. Anyway, have a great night. Sylvia, good show. God bless everybody. Take care.